Welcome to How to Trade It, The Road to Trading Mastery. Join Casey Stubbs, a seasoned trader, as he guides you to become a profitable trader. Find actionable insights, real-life stories, and strategies to boost your trading skills. Don't miss the journey to trading victory. Start listening now. Connect with us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Trading profits are just an episode away. The How to Trade It podcast is all about making our listeners successful at trading. When you listen to real people sharing their stories of how they overcame their own trading failures, it connects you to a level of enlightenment that you can't get from education alone. These stories contain wisdom and actionable tips that will make you a better trader. Listen to each episode and become the successful trader that you want to be on the How to Trade It podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Casey Stubbs with a new episode of the How to Trade It podcast. And today, we're going back to our Trading Legends series. If you remember, the first one came out last month, and it was about Jesse Livermore. And we got a lot of excellent feedback from that episode. So if you didn't listen to that one, and you're interested in the Legends series, then go back and check it out. And just to keep you up to speed, the Legends series is basically where we take trading legends, people that really changed the world in trading. And we highlight them. I did research, I study, and then I just talk about it. I go through the details and then I share my opinions and my thoughts. And this is really important to me because I want to learn from those that have gone before. Those people that paved the way, that did new things, that were trailblazers. I want to learn from them. I think it's a lot of wisdom in learning from those in the past. And I always like to look back to the past and then focus on what's going right now and have a vision for the future. I think we need to have an equal balance between all three because I see some people that are just all future and they are not focused on what's happening right now. And then there's other people that are always looking to the past and they're saying those are the good old days and I wish we could go back to the past. But I want to have a healthy balance of all three and say, okay, The past was awesome. What can I learn from it? Let's focus on what I am doing right now. And I want to have an amazing vision for the future. And so this is part of me preparing for what I want to do now and help me get my vision by learning and studying what has gone before us. So with that being said, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Today's legend is Thomas Boone Pickens Jr., He was born May 22nd, 1928, and he died September 11th, 2019. And so more commonly known as T. Boone Pickens, he was an American business magnate and investor, and he was notable for his position as the founding member and chairman of the hedge fund BP Capital Management. He was also well-known takeover operator and a corporate raider during the 1980s, making his money in the industry of energy and oil fields. And as of November of 2016, before he died, he had a net worth of $500 And so Boone Pickens was regarded 
as one of the most influential business people of our time. And so he started out really young as a go-getter, and his early life helped lay the foundation for his career as an entrepreneur, investor, and trader. And Mr. Pickens was born in Holdenville, Oklahoma, the son of Grace and Thomas Pickens. And he was born by cesarean section, C-section in Holdenville. And he was actually the first child born via cesarean section because that was in 1928. That was a big deal then. And his father worked as an oil and mineral landman, which is a rights leaser. And that provided T. Boone with early exposure to geology, minerals, and oil fields. So a landman, which is what his dad did, it was also known as a petroleum landman, in the United States and Canada is a person who performs various services for the oil and gas exploration companies. Just random stuff out there on the oil fields, basically whatever he needed to do. And Boone, who was always industrious at the age of 12, began to deliver newspapers. He quickly expanded his paper route from 28 papers to 156. And the reason, the way that he was able to expand his route was because he picked up routes from other boys who got tired of the work. So Pickens later cited his boyhood job as an early introduction to expanding quickly by acquisition, a business practice he favored later in life. And so I'm just going to pause the narration here and interject my own thoughts here. And with Pickens at 12 years old, he had already shown a natural inclination for growth. It was something that had just happened right away. Nobody, I mean, I don't know, but nobody had to tell him to increase his paper route. He just did it. Because why? Because he had desire. I mean, I'm just adding my thoughts because when I read something or I'm learning something, I'm trying to understand what's happening. And when I'm listening to this story or I'm studying up on it, he had passion at 12 years old. And one of the things that is a common thread with successful traders is that they have passion. It's very common. They have a strong desire to be successful. No one has to tell them to do it. And it's not just, oh, I want to make money. That's a big part of it. But that's not all. It's the desire and drive to be successful. And that's not just in traders. It's in all successful people, business people all walks of life, people that have achieved great things. I was watching a video with Tony Robbins, who talks to all the best business people, all the best actors. He talks to the best everybody. Tony Robbins is a real go-getter. And he said the number one factor that you'll find in every single one of those people is fire. And so I just find that really amazing because a lot of times it starts at a young age. And I'm asking the question, and maybe you have some feedback or some answers. I'll give you a way to contact me at the end. But the question that I want to ask is what causes some people to be so passionate and other people to be so indifferent? Is it their parents? Is it their genes? Is it the community? But again, Pickens, all the other boys, none of the other boys, they were tired of the work. They didn't want to do it. And yet Boone he excelled because he was working extra hard. He did more work than what everyone else was going to do. And he didn't do it because of, here's the thing about work, is a lot of people look at work as drudgery or something that they have to do, where other people look at work as an opportunity 
to get something done. And a lot of times, it's just such a small little twist of the mindset. And if other people could grab that twist, if they could understand that work is an opportunity instead of something that we have to do, it's a privilege, it's something that we get to do. Like that's the difference between successful people and people that just coast through life. And I want to know what is the cause of that? Is it just perspective? Like that's just such a small little twist on a perspective, but is that really the only thing? What else helps people light that fire inside of them? And does it happen young? Does it happen old? When does it happen? When does that fire get lit? I don't know. I'm a passionate person myself, right? So as a person of fire, I have the fire and I just keep moving and keep pushing no matter what. Like as I was preparing for this, I was getting ready and I was working till 930 at night just doing this because it's something that I wanted to do. And so as a passionate person, it's very difficult for me to connect or relate with indifferent people. Like I just don't understand it for people that just want to get, you know, they want to show up late to work and leave early and do as little as possible while they're there. Like I don't understand that type of mindset. So, you know, Boone had the passion at a young age and he wasn't afraid of work. He got those routes off the boys that didn't want to work. So he made an opportunity for himself because there's always going to be a lot of people that don't want to do it. And so if you're the one that's willing to do the work, there's an opportunity for you. And so if you're struggling right now, and if you can't get ahead, remember there's an opportunity for the people that can see the opportunities in front of them. I think another part of it is desire, but it's also seeing the opportunity. Those other boys didn't understand that there was an opportunity to pick up routes, so they just passed it on. But Boone saw it. He saw it at a really young age. And so I really enjoy listening to stuff like this because he's a passionate guy and I'm passionate. And so it helps stir me up, stir up my inner fire to be better at everything that I do. I get fired up and I fire myself up. Like I read stories like this to get myself going. I purposely fan the flames of inner fire in my own life to keep me moving. And so here's, before I get back to the story, I just want to share one little quote that Boone said in the research. And it just, when I read the quote, I literally laughed with delight because it was just, it's, I could just relate to it. And what is your reaction I want you to think about this ahead of time. What's your reaction when you hear this quote? So Boone Pickens said this, on a scale of one to 10, my ambition is probably an 11 or a 12. Hello, this is Casey, and I wanted to take a minute to tell you about my new book that just came out. It's called Complete Trading System. This is my 25 years of trading experience sharing everything that I have learned in how to make a profit from the markets. You're going to learn about how to find the right instruments to trade, how to find a trend, how to get started as beginners. You're going to learn about how to get the right mindset, and you're going to be able to put it all together to create a trading system of your own that will work for you. I highly recommend that you try it out. Just click the link right now. It's called Complete Trading System. It's available on Amazon. Thank you. Go ahead and check it out. I think you're going to love it. 
And when I read that, I just laughed because I get it. He wanted to accomplish things. He really did. And so I just thought that was really cool. Okay, so I'm going to keep moving on here. So the Pickens family lived in Oklahoma because of oil, because that's what his dad did. And oil was discovered in Oklahoma when settlers were drilling for salt in the 1850s. And it was a great oil community. However, the oil boom did end in the late 1930s. And so the Pickens family moved to Amarillo, Texas, where the prospects for work were better because they were involved in the oil industry. And that was around World War II timeframe. During World War II, his mother ran the local Office of Price Administration, rationing gasoline and other goods in three counties. And it was here that Pickens became aware of the power of supply and demand and the possibilities of profiting from those forces, especially concerning commodities. So he made some comments about his mom and his dad. He said his mom was really good at analyzing things, but his dad was a go-getter. And he was blessed because he got the good points from his mom and from his dad. And he was really thankful for that. And it's interesting, when Boone was learning at a young age about commodities from what he saw with supply and demand and rationing, just a side note about investing. This is a really important thing about investing, that one way to really help you is to know everything you can about an investment. It's the best way to profit from trading it. If you know what an asset is worth and you're familiar with that market, it's much easier to recognize a good opportunity and act on it when it happens. It might seem like luck, but it's not. Most traders will tell you in one way or another that they make their luck by finding the right places to be. So when the right time comes along, they're ready to do something about it, right? And just really like, you know, Boone Pickens was into the oil business. He knew oil inside and out. He knew everything about it. And his knowledge of the oil industry helped him make great deals as time went on. And you'll see that as we continue to discuss Boone Pickens. Another thing I wanted to mention here is commodity prices. Right now at the time of this recording, lumber prices are through the roof because of shortages. Goods and services are going up because of shortages. Even oil prices are up because of shortages. There's a lot and it was caused by COVID. That's what's the start of it. And then there's some other factors. There's a lot of, there's political factors that have gotten involved with shutting down pipelines. There's also environmental factors that are involved. And there's news items. And, you know, there was a lot of wildfires in the West over the last year. And that caused a lot of shortages with lumber and other things. And so the point is this, being aware of what is happening in the world is very powerful for traders. Because if you can see something being disrupted, then you got to know that it's going to make an impact on the price of those goods and services. And as traders, we can take advantage of that. So the next time there's a disaster, the next time there's a political movement, the next time there's a pandemic, anything that happens at all, look at the thing and analyze it and say, okay, is there a way as a trader that we can profit from this? And that's not like an evil thing to try to make, take advantage of the situation. It's just being smart. And I recommend that people do that. So that was just another little side note. I'm just going to be sharing my thoughts as I read. I'm going back to the story now. And Boone Pickens was also a basketball player. His skill allowed him to attend Texas A&M on a basketball scholarship. He lost the scholarship because of injury, though, and he transferred to Oklahoma A&M. And 
He followed in his dad's footsteps and majored in geology. And Boone graduated from Oklahoma State with a degree in geology in 1951. And again, this is for the oil field. That's very important for the oil business. And now he's out of college and he's starting his career. And again, he's a go-getter. He's a grab-the-bull-by-the-horn self-starter and he makes things happen, right? So his very first job was at Phillips Petroleum. And he worked from Phillips until 1954 for three years. But he decided to go out on his own after that in 1954 as something called a wildcatter. Now, something you need to realize about Phillips, Boone hated working for them. Like he despised it. And that's what happens to a lot of entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs don't always fit the mold. Remember, we have a passion and a fire inside of us. And so just sitting there doing the same thing every day is not always the greatest thing. Well, one day his wife said to him, if you hate it so much, why don't you just quit? And so when he heard that from his wife, he returned back to his office and gave notice and he packed up and drove away just like that. And he later said that was the best advice his wife ever gave him. And so he went out on his own as a wildcatter and a wildcatter, what that is, is an independent, often very tiny oil exploration outfit looking to strike it rich. It's kind of like a gold miner, a guy who's going out looking for gold. It's the same kind of thing. Wildcatters often target areas known to have oil deposits, such as the East Texas oil field discovered in 1930 by Columbus Marion Joyner. And the East Texas oil field is the second largest oil field in the U.S. outside of Alaska and the most significant oil taken from the ground. And because of this, wildcatters made big-time cash in the mid-20th century. So Pickens was right at the right place at the right time. Too. That's another thing that always seems to happen. But really, I feel like people that are go-getters, they find a way to be at the right place at the right time. We're taking a short two-minute break for a hand-picked message from our sponsor, DreamTrades.com. This is a special offer available only for the listeners of the How to Trade It podcast. Do you have a plan for your financial future? Do you have enough money for the things you need to do? I bet if you're like most people, you don't have enough money saved for retirement right now. Am I right? Well, investing in stocks may be the answer you're looking for. Dream Trades Monthly Alerts makes it super easy for beginners and those who simply just don't have the time or the desire to spend hours researching what stocks to trade. Dream Trades Monthly Alerts removes the guesswork from which stock to pick by providing you with a monthly in-depth analysis of a very high-profile stock. The research is done for you. You get in-depth research, a full report each and every month. And in the last year, Dream Trades has gotten 100% return on investment for everyone following the reports. Because you're a listener of the How to Trade It podcast, we're giving you a code for $25 off a one-year subscription. Check it out at dreamtrades.com. All you got to do is click on monthly alerts and use the coupon code podcast to get the $25 off. Again, just go to dreamtrades.com and select monthly alerts, then use the coupon code podcast. So in 1956... Following his period as a wildcatter, he founded the company that would later become Mesa Petroleum. And Mesa Petroleum will eventually become America's largest independent oil operator before getting bought out 
by private equity firms and going public. The company now trades as Pioneer Natural Resources. So he did well. He learned the ropes in two years, and then he started Mesa Petroleum. And many years later, in, by 1981, Mesa had grown into one of the largest independent oil companies in the world. And that's just a result of his hard work, his skills, his determination, and just a combination of a lot of different things. But Pickin led Mesa's first significant acquisition, takeover of Hugoton Production Company, which was 30 times the size of Mesa. So that goes back to saying how he grew rapidly was through acquisitions. He grew through acquisitions. Now I'm going to take a little time just to expound here for a minute. He worked hard in, from 1956 to 1981, and he grew his company. And after that period of time, that's a significant period of time, 25 years, he did tremendous things in 25 years. But he wasn't done yet. And somewhere else, he was also quoted as saying that his path got narrower and narrower as he got older, and his focus became more clear. And he made a very strong pivot in 1981 when he started acquisitions. And because originally he was working on the oil company, and then he switched. And that pivot, and I'm going to talk all about that pivot in a minute, but that pivot was very similar to what we saw Commodore Vanderbilt do. When Commodore Vanderbilt pivoted from going in the ship business to railroads, and that pivot was huge for him. And Boone did something very similar. And I have to really commend those guys because as an older man myself, I'm not as old as these guys were at that time, but I'm 44. And you get kind of set in your ways at that age. You've been doing something for 20 some years. You've got a lot of skill. You've got a lot of experience and you're good at it. And it's a big move to pivot like that, especially when you have a big company. But that's what he did. And it's very impressive. Another thing, and this is where he became a trader. We talk about the trading side of it, where he moves to Wall Street. Because initially, he's just an entrepreneur, but then here's where he becomes really active as a trader. Where This is the pivot that I'm talking about. But another thing that I just think is really important for me to note here, and it's just that he was very similar to Jesse Livermore, who was the last one that I focused on in the Legendary Series, that he worked really hard, and it took a huge toll on their family lives. Livermore was married three times and ultimately ended up killing himself which was very sad. But Boone was married five times and his wife, his first wife just left because of all of the work. His kids said they remember him being an absentee father. You know, you can't just get to come home after working so long and say, hey, I'm home. Let's do family stuff. I mean, it just doesn't work. Your whole life is work. That's really all you know. You can't just all of a sudden turn it off and be like the family guy. So it's really difficult to have that work-life balance, especially if you're going to be as driven as these guys were. So it's a good reminder to me, and I think we should all think about this, that work alone can be a lonely business. And I'm driven and I'm passionate, and I love the idea of having a huge success, but the question is at what cost? There's a cost for everything. So being a billionaire trader or a billionaire investor, billionaire businessman, there's going to be a huge cost to that, a time cost, a commitment cost. It's not like you're going to accomplish these things with five minutes of work a day. And so I personally look at my life and I'm going to say, well, I would rather 
not have the success and have a relationship with my children. Now, if I work hard, my children might look up to me and say, there's my dad. He built this great business. What a great guy. But if they can't stand to be around me because all I do is work, well, that's not a relationship. Having people respect me is not the same as a relationship. And for me, I have to have that relationship. So I'm going to be willing. If I have to give up the business completely, if I have to give up what I'm doing completely so that I can make sure the relationship with my family is intact, first my marriage with my wife and then my children, then I have to do that. So always try to remember what is the most important thing. And for me, it's having the family. And so, you know, if you're single and you don't have that, then that's a whole nother story. But just a little side note, he really did a great job growing his company to new levels, but he was really just getting started. And so when the 80s hit, he made a huge transition and he changes his sights from the oil fields to Wall Street. And he started, people started to pay attention to what he was doing. He entered the spotlight. So his corporate acquisitions made him well-known during the 80s, which was an era of extensive takeover activity. Again, it's the timing was right. It was happening all over the place. But he got some huge publicity on these deals that he was doing. He did an attempted buyout of City Service, Gulf Oil, Phillips Petroleum, which was the company he worked for, and Unocal. And during that period, Pickens also led Mesa to two successful acquisitions, one of Pioneer Petroleum, and the mid-continent assets of Tenneco. So he was wheeling and dealing, and he was attempting, and I'm going to go into detail here on what he was actually doing. Up until then, Pickens was largely unknown, except in corporate circles. But that would soon change. Pickens became well-known to the general public after the Gulf oil takeover, when Time magazine put him on the cover of the March 1985 issue. Like, that's a big deal to be on the cover of Time Magazine. And during this period, he became a corporate raider and a green mailer. Now, I want to just give you some definitions here so that you know what those two things are. So a corporate raider is an investor who makes a practice of making hostile takeover bids for companies by either controlling their policies or reselling them for a profit. They try to buy up about 51% of the shares, 51% of the company, so that they can control it. Okay, that's corporate raider. Green mailing is the practice of buying up shares of a company with the threat of a takeover to force the corporate executives to buy the shares at a premium. So in order to fight this off, now he's going to sell his shares back at a much higher price and make a lot of money. That's what green mailing is. So they called him a green mailer because he always had his shares bought out. He didn't do the corporate rating. He never actually took over a company that way. But What happened would be that Pickens and his shareholders that he represented received substantial profits through the sale of their stock. So he was getting investors on board to do this with him. He wasn't just using all of his own money. He used a lot of his own money and the company Mesa that he founded, he would use their money, but he would also get another level of investors, right? And he would set up his headquarters in New York City on Wall Street, and he would run everything from the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. He would set up a headquarters there, and they would just, they had like a little command post, and they would send intel, and he worked really hard on these things. He, When I talked earlier about having information, he would research and study the company in depth that he was going to do this to. 
He said that he knew more about that company than they knew about themselves. He could find their weaknesses. He could find their strengths. And a lot of times he knew about the leaders of that company, and he knew if they would be strong enough to force to fight them off. He would spend months and months with a massive team of people preparing for this. Now, they would call him a green mailer, a corporate raider, but he always strongly denied that, and he hated that identity. He was quoted as saying that, I always saw myself as a large stockholder trying to make a difference. I wasn't raiding anybody. And so from his point of view, which he explained was that he saw these companies were inefficient and they didn't care about the shareholders and they weren't working to their maximum capacity. And so since he was a large stockholder, he wanted to make sure that these companies were improving. And that was his take on it. So he never said that he was a green mailer. He never said that this was just for the purpose of making massive profit or he didn't call himself a raider. And so whatever he is, whatever he was, he didn't look at it that way. Other people did. It's up to you to decide. There's probably an element of truth in both of those things. And, you know, it's just fascinating. When he was trying to do this with Phillips Petroleum, which was the company that he was hired by originally, they really fought him off. The entire city where Phillips was located, they were holding prayer vigils, praying against his takeover. They didn't want to be known as Pickens Petroleum. They fought it off. All of the workers in that city bonded together. None of them wanted him to do this. And it made, it really took a lot of attention and made a lot of waves. So it's just fascinating. And this is the Wall Street part of it. You know, this is what he did on Wall Street. And he got really good at this and made a lot of money and accelerated his company at a rapid rate. And he wasn't even in the oil business. He was in the takeover business and the trading business because he's trading. He's buying shares. He's it's not traditional trading where you just buy shares and you look at a chart pattern and you hope it goes up. No, he's buying shares and he's making sure that his shares go up. His winning percentage is really high. Now, not all of the trades, though, were winners because there was one where he lost $100 million because the attempt failed and the price dropped and he had a pretty big loss. So it's not a sure thing. And it takes a lot of effort, energy, time, and money. Not anyone can pull this off, only special qualified individuals can do this type of trading. I have a lot of trading strategies on my website. I don't have the corporate takeover trading strategy article. I actually never even thought of it until right now. I might actually write one after doing this research. Okay. So he did that for quite some time and did pretty good. He made a lot of attention for himself. But then after that, in the mid-90s, his company got into some financial trouble. And you know, that's just what happens. There's cycles. You have boom and bust cycles. You got to be ready for the downtimes as well as the uptimes. And it's impossible to avoid all companies and all individuals go through that. And in 1996, he sold his company, Mesa, and it ended his run as the CEO from 1956 to 1996, 40 years as the helm of a company, a really good thing. But he didn't just say, you know, 40 years, I'm done. He just kept on going. He had that fire in him. And so he started a new company in 1997, and that was called BP Capital Management. And the BP stands for Boone Pickens, not British Petroleum. Because when you see BP in the oil industry, you think British Petroleum, but it was actually Boone Pickens Capital Management. And it was a hedge fund, right? They used capital to leverage his knowledge. I mean, his knowledge and his experience as a CEO, as a shareholder, as a champion, 
as an asset, multi-asset investor. He knew a lot of people. He knew a lot about the business and he had a lot of money and he had a great team and he was a leader. So he had everything ready to go. It was the perfect timing. And you know what? He was not done yet. So this new company, this hedge fund, this firm became well known for its long tenured and committed workforce, which was unusual. And it was because he had a skill of bringing people together. And in 2006, after being available, after being open for nine years, they earned $990 million from his equity in the two funds created within BP Capital and an additional $120 million from his shares of the 20% of the fees applied to the fund profits. So the profits were getting a 20% fee, which is pretty good chunk, especially when you know it's about a billion dollars. 20% of those fees is a pretty nice way to go about. So if you want to do that kind of trading where you're managing a fund and you manage a billion dollars, you get 20% of the fees of the profits. Not bad. So then as 2007 came around, Pickens earned another $2.7 billion as BP Capital Equity Fund grew by 24% after fees. That's after the fees. And then the $590 million Capital Commodity Fund grew by 40%. So big winners in the funds included Suncor Energy, ExxonMobil, and Occidental Petroleum. BP Capital Fund Advisors was formed in 2013 of June for the first time offering the investing public a fund vehicle to invest alongside Boone Pickens and his team. So guess what? In 2013, it was open to all people because there was some big profit that he had done with BP Capital and it was for private investors, but now it was open. So now it's open to individual investors for the first time. And so now we're just going to wrap up with his legacy. He really wanted to see America, the United States, be energy independent. He created something called the Pickens Plan, and he wanted that to be his legacy because after all of this success in the oil industry, he wanted to leave something behind. And so the Pickens Plan was an aggressive strategy to wean the U.S. off of foreign oil, especially OPEC. And the plan relied on alternative energy sources like solar, wind, but the real foundation was natural gas. And in his opinion, the U.S. could achieve energy independence by shifting our major transportation industries away from diesel to cleaner, more efficient, and readily available natural gas. And that plan has really not developed. It kind of evaporated. But we have become more energy independent, and we are using a lot more natural gas. So we've definitely shifted in that direction. A lot of our energy, our electrical power, most of our electrical power plants are generated by natural gas. They're fueled by natural gas. And the natural gas has become quite massive in the United States, and we have a ton of reserves of it. So that's what he left with was the Pickens plan. And Boone Pickens died at home in Dallas on September 11th, 2019, after a short period of declining health. And he had an impactful life, starting out as a paper boy and going to Mesa Petroleum and then having a major impact on Wall Street through corporate rating and green mailing. And then he created his own fund where he traded and managed funds full-time. And so that is Boone Pickens, and I hope you all enjoyed it. And for me, it was a lot of fun because I love hearing the stories, and I like telling the stories too. It's fun for me to share them with you, and they inspire me. These 
individuals that work so hard to pave new paths, they inspire me, you know, especially in the trading industry. We're going to do more of these legend series, but this shows me the power of one. And what that means to me is what one person who's passionate, fired up, and motivate can accomplish. One person really can change the world, and Boone Pickens did change the world. And we all change the world one way or another, whether it's a tiny little bit, but remember that. Everything you do has value, and everything you do has impact. And so that is my takeaway, and that wraps up another episode. But I do have one thing I need to ask you, the listener of the How to Trade It podcast, before I go. And this is a listener show. This is your show. How to Trade It belongs to you. So I want you to let me know if there's any legends that you want to learn about or if there's any guests that you would like me to get on the show. So if you want me to profile a legendary trader, let me know. Or if there's any guests, traders that are doing great things right now that you want me to interview. So let me know. And you'll do that. It's business at tradingstrategyguides.com. That's the email address, business at tradingstrategyguides.com. So as I said, How to Trade It is your podcast, and we want to make it great for you. So if you have something that will help build you up as a trader and a person, let us know. Let me know what you want to hear. Let me know what I did good, what I did bad. Whatever it is, just send me a message because I want to hear from you. And thank you so much for listening, and we will see you on the next episode of the How to Trade It podcast. Thanks for listening to the How to Trade It podcast. Our mission is to help you create security in the markets. If you have a question you want me to ask my guests or a specific question you have for me, please email me at podcasttradingstrategyguides.com. I answer every email I get because this show is about helping you learn how to trade it. So again, please reach me at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another insightful episode of How to Trade It with Casey Stubbs. We hope you found today's discussion valuable and inspiring. Remember, the road to trading mastery is a continuous one, and your commitment to learning and growing as a trader is the key to your success. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please reach out to us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep trading your way to victory. Until next time.